Hey guys, welcome to You Chat Too Much podcast. This is a podcast where two international teachers, Joe and Madge, discuss various topics with the help of interesting and amazing guests each week. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, welcome back to You Chat Too Much. This is episode seven and we've got a special guest today, a more than special guest all the way from the UK, but one of my old old friends from back uh, living in Norfolk. Tim, how are you? Hello Joe, I'm very good, thank you. Good to hear from you. Yeah, you too. Um, and obviously we've got uh, my co-host Madge. Madge, how are you? I'm all right, man. I thought you were talking about me, but obviously you just let me down again. Anyway. <laughs> uh, nice to see you join us, Tim. Thanks, mate. Thank you for having me. Okay, so today we're going to talk um, talk about a few different things, but specifically we're going to talk about um, degrees, universities, and then kind of it was an opportunity really for me to bring Tim on and, and just kind of blow a little bit of smoke up his backside and talk about how proud I am of him, but also how, how cool his business is, um, of which he kind of started in maybe a different route than most people would normally start a business or or even do anything really um kind of uh, we can get onto it but you kind of stumbled upon it a little bit so the question is that we're going to talk about today is should we be encouraging young people to chase their passion rather than a degree so you know are we encouraging young people to to just chase a degree to go to university get a degree as a tick box or are we encouraging them to, to chase their passion? So, Tim, do you want to start us off? Because Madge looks like he's coughing his guts up behind <laughs> behind his microphone. <laughs> Obviously, the water, water went down the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Tim, do you want to just touch on that? I mean, just give you an initial, initial response on, on that. Well, yeah, I, th- I think society and sort of um, the older school, if you like, sort of dictate that you should go through the education system and you know, get a get a degree and, you know, follow that route into whatever profession you want, whether it be, you know, doctors and dentists and all that, that's sort of the top tier, isn't it? Or whether it's more sort uh-huh. of the, the lower level stuff, sort of people do definitely seem to push you down that route. Um, personally, it wasn't for me. Um, I know you went down that route and obviously worked out well for you. But yeah, for me, that wasn't a route I ever really intended on taking, to be honest. Yeah. Cheers, Tim. Madge, what your, what's your initial thoughts? Uh, I think it's. I think the system, like just Tim just said about it is there's a system in place to kind of mould you into taking a degree and and kind of. I was saying this to you earlier. What if your passion was a degree, or what if your the subject that you were doing was your passion, and by doing a degree, it means that you can keep your passion or do keep doing your whatever your passion is does that make sense i think mm-hmm. when when i that i'm sure tim's going to get into more detail of how we got into his business but I, I i like for me there was no option but to do a degree um and i can talk a little bit about that later how about you yeah yeah i th- I, I think i mean me and madge often do this pre pre-recording we end up having a bit of a chat about it anyway and you know, I think, I think Madge's point about like passion, maybe your passion is a degree. I don't think anybody's passion is to get a degree. Their passion is to get like, you know, the content of it. And I think unfortunately, just how the system's set up is majority of the time, the only way to get that is a degree to, to get onto the ladder. Um, and sometimes it can be really beneficial, but for some people it's, it's not set up for them. Um, and the style of it is not set up. And, and I think it's getting better because there are different ways of doing it. There's online schools, there's, you know, schools where you can go in face to face physically. Um, you can start later, you can go in straight after school. So there's, there's different avenues. And I think more and more now you're seeing a lot of the like vocational courses, um, things that you can do that doesn't mean like you're paying for a specific degree, but you're still more than qualified. So yeah, I, I think, I think we should be encouraging people 
and young people especially to chase their passion if that is if a degree is necessary then yes we encourage it but i think i don't think they should just chase the degree i don't think they should chase university or or like the profession but i think we'll definitely get onto it more I want to start with um, some quick-fire icebreaker questions, Timo, because we should have started that first, but I wanted to get into the question. And I do this every single time, and yeah, every single time Madge gets on at me, you miss the questions, and then we go back. Or vice uh, jo- versa. Joe was saying to me today that, you know, I think we're getting better at the podcast, like it's getting flowing a little bit better. <laughs> I reckon 90% of the time he either asks me the question and then goes straight into the other questions, or yeah. <laughs> Discipline, lack of yeah. for a teacher. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just so keen to get chatting, you know? I'm so keen. <laughs> All right, Tim, I'm interested to hear some of these answers. So first question for me is, what would your superpower be and why? That's a good one. Um, I had a bit of think about this one. I, I, I think I've gone for, I'm going for invisibility. I just think, as, as I'm not on a creepy side of things, but I think you can do a lot of good with it as well, like in terms of, like you can't fight someone if you can't see him, can you? So, you know, it can work on that end of the spectrum. Yeah. And you could so, um, do a lot more good with it. So, yeah, I'd go with that one. So, so your version of good is to start like fights it. and then and then run away by <laughs> being invisible. <laughs> no, no, no. Illy wigging and you know, <laughs> doing all the dirty work without anyone knowing you're there. Yeah. yeah. Um, second uh, question: What would on. your what would your last meal be? Uh, Christmas dinner. Um, yeah. Roast turkey, all the trimmings, stuffing. My mum does a banging Christmas dinner. So, yeah, I'd have to say that one. Yeah. I feel like I've experienced a, like a, a Sunday lunch slash Christmas dinner, which is basically the same, isn't it? A Sunday lunch at, around at your house. Yeah. And I will vouch for it. It's, it's very, very good. Yeah, all right. And final one is, one. yeah, for sure. Which celebrity would you like to meet and why, Timo? Pretty relevant one at the moment, but I'd go Elon Elon Musk. Um, just because of what he's done and what he's accomplished. He's, you know, at the very top of his game, incredibly intelligent guy. And yeah, I'd just love to pick his brains on sort of how he's got to where he is and his sort of mindset and stuff. Mm-hmm. Seek his advice with baby names. <laughs> what was his latest one? Oh man, I don't even know. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's like symbols and everything. Yeah, that's why I, I asked you to say it because I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> It was. It's basically a mathematical equation, and yeah. then he. I remember him explaining it. I think it was to Joe Rogan and on the podcast, and he was like, "Oh, it's it's easy. It's easy. It's just <laughs> x y hyphen, and that means and you know anyway." Uh, yeah. So let's get on to let's go let's get on to the topic today. So, um, Madge, you want to start us off a little bit about your um, educational kind of background related to university. And your initial, like, when did you think, you know, at what point during high school were you like, I've got to go to university, I've got to de- get a degree? <clears throat> I think from very early on. Um, I think just just with, like, I look back at it now, and, and like, even with this question I was talking to you earlier about, Joe, is like, I think even even what I know now, and even I know that people are successful going their own way and, and setting up their own businesses, and it's possible, and you probably might make more money or whatever, but. I still think I would go down the university route um, just because I'm not that much of a risk taker anyway. A bit, I'm a bit more of a cautious person. But also, like, where does that come from? Like, when, when I knew from I knew from day one when I was at school, like, I need to do really, really well. And I always kind of need, I need, I needed a degree because that was always told to you anyway. Like, you're going to get the more successful jobs and more stability if you get a degree. And that in my circle was was kind of true because no one in my family had a degree, has a degree. Um, I got one uncle who who was a teacher and he was like the successful one, but I don't know whether he did get a degree or wherever, but uh, back in the day anyway. And <clears throat> he was seen as a successful one. Um, everyone else had jobs just to, you know, just to take over in terms of the family and money and stuff like that. So for me, it was, it was more like necessity to like make sure I get a degree so then I can then move into more of a, a job that's that that can pay a little bit higher and stuff like that and even then people that i knew around me like i didn't have that many people that i knew who had degrees i didn't have that many people i knew who had i mean i knew people who had their own businesses but i wouldn't say they were like successful or earned more than what people did with degrees 
So the handful, mm. handful of people that I didn't know, I probably didn't know on a personal basis, but just knew around around the area, who were like driving nicer cars and had stability and that. Their house, they were the ones who did have the degree. So like the doctors, lawyers, whatever, businessmen, engineers, that sort of thing. So I think from from what just, what was just around me, I think they were the examples of like, if you want that sort of life, then you're gonna have to go down that route. Yeah, because to know what what your thoughts when when did you kind of make that decision to maybe not go to university? Was it like a conscious decision, or or was it just did it just happen out of like maybe you didn't get the the grades at sixth form or? Um, you kind of chose otherwise. What was that decision like? Well, at the time when I left GCSEs, I, I, my passion was sport. So I wanted to be sort of in that industry, whether it be, you know, coach, physio, um, teacher, whatever it might have been. At the time, that was what I wanted to do. But after a year of doing college, I just didn't enjoy it. And I felt like I was just following the flock, like doing it because all my mates were there and just basically having a bit of a jolly up. So I, I realised pretty quickly that that wasn't the, the route I wanted to take. Um, and I just dropped out um, quite impulsively, to be fair. Um, and that's mm-hmm. when I landed on a, a full-time job. And that's when I realized the education system just wasn't for me. I wanted to get out there. I wanted to get working, earning money. So a bit, bit of chance, but also, you know, I did realize pretty quickly that it wasn't for me. Um, and just not knowing what I wanted to do. Like you touched on it earlier, like, if you know what you want to do and you're following your passion, it might be dictated that in order to get there, you have to follow the university path. But for me, yeah. I didn't didn't really know what I wanted to do. But I, once I got out of it, I realised that that wasn't where I was going to be, so or where I wanted to be. So. so when did you know that you kind of wanted to do like your own business? Was it was it out of necessity or was it out of like a passion that you kind of wanted to go down that route? Very quickly, yeah. Once I started working full-time after I left college within a couple of years just through meeting people and networking I worked with Joe actually in a um in a clothes shop and it was quite a high-end one so you tended to sort of mingle and network with people that had done quite well for themselves um and yeah that just sort of got it in my head from pretty early on that I wanted to be my own boss I didn't want to be you know working for the big man up top and all that and I, did, I didn't know what I wanted to do how I was going to get there like I had a few little ideas early on it took a while for it all to fall into place and sort of find my my actual real passion on the the um the sort of business I was going to pursue. I think uh, I think Tim as well. There's a couple of things that I want to say as well. Is that I think we underestimate the importance of having uh, developing confidence and developing like communication skills to chat to people yeah. because I feel like I learned so much when we worked at Trumbulls together because. I, I used to just be able to just strike up conversation with anybody and I would, I, would, I would ask them questions all the time and we used to, all the time, you know, we'd end up asking questions about like how much money they were earning or what, what their business was about and you'd get quite like, quite like personal questions but it was, it was through like um, they would share because you were showing such an interest in what they were doing and I think you touched on that like the amount of people that you must have spoken to that had set up their own business or that were working for themselves or whatever else they maybe hadn't done gone through and got a degree and were doing really well for themselves mm. so you know that's that's a big part of it isn't it and that and that's something that you learn as well yeah i think working the other in... thing that i wanted to say i'll go on go on you say no, I was just going to say, like working in sales, I think that's one of the best skills you can learn. Like, say, networking and people skills and just selling stuff. Because when you go into your own business, you've got to be able to sell yourself. You can't, I, I personally think if you can't do that and you can't sell your business, it's, you're never really going to get anywhere. Certainly in my industry, anyway. Um, so, yeah, working where we did, that was a skill that I learned, we learned pretty early on, wasn't it? So, yeah, back to what you were going to say, Joe. Mm. Well, the other thing I was going to say, and, and which Madge doesn't know, is I feel like you got a lot of work ethic from your family. Um, so, do you want to touch a little bit on a on like what your what your family business is, what your family does, and how that kind of you know even during school you weren't just doing always you know the usual stuff on a weekend or of an evening. You were getting involved 
with your family business. So do you want to touch on what that was as well? Yeah, so um, family owned an arable farm out in Sticks in Norfolk. And um, yeah, from pretty early on, like my, my dad's like one of my idols. He's a absolute like just, he's a, a multi-talented man and a businessman. Like he's not just a farmer. Like you don't understand the amount of stuff that you have to know about everything. So from pretty early on, once I knew what I wanted to do, I always knew I was going to have the work ethic to do it. It was just finding the right thing to hone that in on. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, like I say, a businessman, a mechanic, a agronomist, a farmer, everything. There's so many strings to his bow. So having that to look at, up at, as well as having a good work ethic, like his mentality wasn't, you, you never clock watch. Like when there's work to be there, you've got to do it. And when I worked on the farm, I worked on the farm when I left, um, a couple of years after I left Trumbulls anyway. And, um, you know, working 90 hour weeks during the summer while all your friends are out having barbecues and having fun. And I was stuck on a tractor just sort of grafting for the, for the family business. But yeah, that, that's definitely a skill that I, I learned and yeah, took with me into sort of later in life really. So, so what is it that you actually do now? So what, um, I think Joe's told me a little bit about it, but could you like just go into more detail with what you're doing now? What is your business? And how you got into it? So yeah, I've uh, I've got a bespoke furniture business. Um, I was. Uh, do you want me to talk about how I was, uh, yeah how it all sort of fell into place? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was working on the farm for five years. Um, just decided it wasn't for me, just because it was more of a lifestyle than a job. Um, wanted to pursue my own venture, no matter what. You know, didn't really know what it was going to be. Um, and I then worked in an office for a few years, just to sort of tie over you know what i did what i sort of figured it out left there and i just moved into my own house at the time and needed some furniture but as i quit my job i'd obviously couldn't really afford to go spending a load of money so i taught myself how to build some things and uh put a few pictures up on instagram um just you know sort of showing my new home and that all house proud and uh people started telling me you know, how good it was and then just built from there so it started off with a few little coffee tables and then built up some tools, built up a workspace on the family farm where I'm lucky that I've got the resources to do that. Built, you know, a space, accumulated tools and the projects just sort of get, start getting bigger and bigger. And it just accumulated from that. So it started from little benches to now doing, you know, walk-in wardrobes, um, media units, home offices, kitchens, utility rooms, all fully bespoke, handmade furniture. Um, and yeah, that's that's now my business, so. So like where where how many but, how many people do you have like working in your business so, now? So from working by yourself to where you are now? At the moment it's just me full time. Um I've got a PA who does all my admin. Um I've got a couple of other sort of part time workers, if you like, that help me out here and there just when I'm really busy, but the majority of it is just me. I I design everything, I build everything, I spray finish everything and I install it, but I get in help sort of as and where I need it just for extra manpower. But I've got an apprentice come in for a trial shift in April. So that's sort of be my next step to taking it on to a, a bigger business, if you like. And then I can bring in more, more workflow. Go on, Joe. I think what, I think what I really liked about this, though, and, and, and why I kind of wanted to bring Tim on is this, uh, there's two sides to this. One, obviously, the, the decision to not go to university was very clear, just wasn't for him. But you always had that work ethic. And I think if you have that work ethic ingrained in you, then you potentially have the skills to be able to avoid maybe getting a degree. I think that's something to be, you know, questioned or, or whether you could talk to many people that didn't go to uni and are successful. They must have had that work ethic ingrained in them. Because if not, like university does instill, even if you don't have a work ethic, often you get you come out with a degree and that that initially helps you but i think what i was fascinated with tim and i mean this in no disrespect when tim started to produce and and would post some of these things that he was making i genuinely thought somebody else was doing it for him like i thought i thought tim was like just painting them or i thought he was like just screwing them all together or like i was just like how how has this like all come about he's gone from like 
making a very simple like three pieces of wood bench um to like basically doing like a a, a fully fitted walk-in wardrobe with like slide outdoors a tv screen and a bloody jewelry dispenser attached to it you know and i'm just like and it is i i'd say and quote me if i'm wrong here tim a lot of it is just like self-taught it's just like you just figure it out your youtube thing you ask you you know that's all it is isn't it yeah so it was sort of an accumulation of skills and interests <laughs> that i had um so i've always liked nice things that's why i worked at trumbles because i not like like nice clothes um i've always had a, attention for detail i've always been willing to work and I, I knew once i found my my passion and what i wanted to focus all that on i would just be like borderline obsessed with it and that's how it became like as soon as i started making yeah. it and i just thought it was almost like an addiction like <laughs> this might sound a bit sort of vain but getting that sort of approval and that recognition of what you were building and people sort of saying how good it was it just it was like a, a drug i loved it so i just wanted to get better and make things bigger and you know expand that way um so yeah it it, it was an acu accumulation of my interests and it just so happened to fall into this sort of particular industry um and i I, I knew a few bits. I was quite practical as well from working on the farm. That was another sort of skill I gained. But I, it just turned into like a hobby. Like just every evening I'll be sat there watching how other people do it and just taught myself how to do each stage of it. Like say the design work, the actual joinery and making side of it, and then the spray finishing as well, which is like an extra skill on top of it. But I just loved it. It never felt like working at all because it was. I was just so passionate about it. So my question is this, right? Is you know when you when people say passion it's like usually it's something that's come from an early age and it's something that's gone through your life right is is your passion the furniture or is there something a little bit deeper that's your passion i th i think it's something deeper yeah it's definitely not furniture because it wasn't until i stumbled across it yeah, i think it's the thought, yeah. the making it and the sort of the self um what's the word i'm looking for sort of like the appreciation of just standing back and going, I built that and other people being able to see it and know that you built it and they use it and see it every day. Like that for me was just, so whether it was like the, like I say, almost like the drug that I was getting from, you know, getting the, the nice approval comments and stuff, like maybe that was it on a deeper level, but. So when, when did that start then? When, when did those skills, when you, I mean, I'm guessing you, your dad probably Sounds like your dad knows to do a lot of things. Maybe you did that when you were younger with him and had little projects around the farm and stuff like that. Is that where it kind of started? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I'd say just being practical, being out and about. And bit, oh, when I worked on the farm, I, I broke a lot of things, so I had to fix them. And it's sort of like just practicality, that a skill that you can then take on to other areas. So, and yeah, how about like... Um, um, what I was going to say was because you said something about like when you've left the farm and you were in an office job, I think, and you moved into a house and you started building furniture. I'm sure that wasn't initially the plan for you to start being self-employed. So what, 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 what were you planning at that stage? You kind of knew you wanted to go down the self-employed route and start something. Mm -hmm. Did you have a plan in place there or was it just because I, I don't like using the word look, but was was there some luck involved in how you how you fell into that um self-employment rule yeah there was um when i left it again i quit that quite quite impulsively um i had no idea what i wanted to do and i just sort of i was in a fortunate position where i had the finances there to sort of just take a bit of time out take a bit of a sabbatical and just sort of figure out what i wanted to do and as i said i always knew i wanted to work for myself so pretty quickly i this goes back to sort of again working in the multiple jobs that I have I've built up a good network and I've got a good group of friends and um I was lucky that I sort of got got offered work and jobs pretty quickly um started off a bit of painting and decorating and then once I started making the furniture for myself people saw I could do that and that's where the network that I built around me people started you know trusting me to build stuff for them and that's how it developed I had no idea it was going to be that so yeah, I'd say, hundred percent luck. <laughs> there's a, there's a saying though that I want I would kind of like setting you up for this because there's this thing where people say luck and 
um, I can't remember which podcast it was, probably High Performance Podcast, where it says, look equals preparation, where preparation meets opportunity, sorry. So when you're telling me your story, the opportunity arise, but the preparation of all the years before that yep. just kind of accumulated loads of different skills in different situations, they basically collided. Yep. And that's what we call look because the opportunities might arise for certain people, but they don't really have the skill set to do it. And it kind of like, that's where your two worlds kind of collided. So even though people say, look, you know, you got to kind of be ready for it as well. Okay, Joe. So we used to take the mick. Yeah. We used to take the mick out of Tim sometimes for, uh, for always chatting to a lot of the Norwich City players when we were when we were nights out as young lads, and I mean we we would always have connections from Trumbulls, but Tim would hone in on those Norwich players, and then they were all of our they were our age, so it wasn't like he was just like you know these older guys. They were just our young our our ages, but it's funny how it's gone full circle now where you've actually done a lot of work for ex Norwich players, Norwich players, friends of those guys, just through our, you know, we we were we made that friendship like what, eight, nine years ago now, and we're still kind of friends. And some of them are really good friends of yours. And that's kind of helped that business as well. That initial, that initial startup and people trusting you because you, you said that to me when I was last home about you know, when you when you make furniture for for people, they're trusting you to install something which is like it's a fitted wardrobe. It's not like they can like move it to another room. It's there and it's there for a long time. So they trust you with a lot of a lot of their like, you know, the home and everything. And that's what you know, that probably amplifies the pressure. But I think it's a really important thing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, back to what Maj was saying, I, I I always felt like I was just floating through life and didn't really have any any direction and didn't know what I was doing it. But I I was unintentionally building up all these skills, which would then and these connections and these attributes, which would all come together and fall into place, as we said, luck in, in inverted commas, um, and the opportunity arose yeah like you say when it was there everything was in in place to sort of pursue it and that was completely unknowingly um something that i've done over the years just through working I, I think you know there's so many transferable skills that you can get and where you might feel like you're not learning anything and sitting in a boring job but you, you're still going to be you can still take something from it so i don't think there's really any any negatives i can take and i certainly don't have any regrets in going the, going down the route and having the jobs that i did because i um go down the route of owning and business no even even now i wouldn't like i just so i think this is where some stats would come a little bit useful and it kind of it's just i don't know it's just a feeling that you get about i wouldn't even know what to do to be honest like if i was to go down like my own route but like it's like if you're talking about passion my passion was sports and I'm kind of did a degree because I knew a degree would get me that bit of security, but still followed my passion. And I knew that I think passion is really important. If we talk about it in this sense was, um, which I kind of always say to my friends is that, um, I, I don't feel like I've worked a day in my life, although I'm knackered at the end of the day, but I mean, I don't feel like I worked a day in my life for the past 10 years. Cause I still enjoy what I do. And I don't, I don't see it like a, a what some people would call a job where they just turn up and do do the bit for the money and then leave and go home and it's just a, a, a money maker in that sense um but i think um yeah we'll get we'll get into some stats so it says here like i did find a really good one and i kind of lost it now but this one is from america it said 94 percent uh, of ceos judges politicians millionaires billionaires and business leaders attended college which is the equivalent of university with 50% of them coming from elite school. Um, yeah, that's that's the one. Based on these findings, those who become highly successful without college education appear, appear to be in the minority, roughly 6%. And that was the stat I found in the UK as well. Um, and there's there's other ones as well, like degree holders earn an average of 66% more than high school graduates. People who have a degree will add a million 
dollars to their total lifetime earnings compared to someone without a degree. And high school graduates experience an unemployment rate 8% higher than college grads. And then it says here also 91% of the jobs go to people who do have degrees compared to don't. But I, I'm very careful with this because I'm not like kind of saying pro. And, and if people look to these stats straight away, you'd think, yeah, degree makes sense. I would say what these stats say is how I probably felt without knowing the stats. And that's what I mean about security. But the problem with these stats is these stats only work because the system is set up for it to work like that. Does that make sense? So it's not like it's it's just if the top dog at the, at the top is looking for someone who has to have a degree, not looking at skill set, then you're not really going to go past that stage without having a degree in that sense. Would you say the education system is, is set up to build employees rather than employers then? Because you said about that sort of risk reward, you know, you didn't like the, you felt almost like comfortable and like that was the safe option going down the route that you did. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that because the, when you're applying for jobs, I think if 10 people were about to apply for the same job and you all got exactly the same degree, which it does look like in certain stages when you've got your GCSEs or when you get to college and stuff, you all look exactly the same on the piece of paper. It's the skill set that makes you different, doesn't it? And that's where people like do the um, voluntary work and stuff like that, trying to make themselves stand out. But the, how, how are you supposed to demonstrate any of those skill sets through an interview? You could, it's a very limited amount of time. It's only when you really get onto the job, when you really work out what person is like. So I think the system is set up in that way to make, and if those jobs like we're talking about the top earners like your judges your ceos of companies and stuff like that if they are looking for people with degrees as a minimum requirement how are you supposed to fight that if that's where majority of jobs are you know so after after hearing those stats from match you know it is a seem at the universe would give level of security um, and put you in the higher percentage for earning um, earning capacity um, and growth of business or whatever else. So question for you, Tim, and this is a tough one. I'm, I'm not too sure whether it would be tough or not. Is It's two parts. First of all, do you have any regrets about not going to university? And then the second part is when you have kids, are you encouraging them to go to university and get a degree or or not first one's a pretty short answer no no regrets got me to where i am and i don't feel like i missed out on anything um to be honest in terms of other than a few parties but i used to go down the uea and have a bit of a tear up anyway so um and secondly yes um i w i think it's very much horses for courses whatever their interests are i'd always you know strongly um push them in what di direction they wanted to take um I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. And, you know, I think we've touched on both ends of the spectrum in terms of the stats and, uh, you know, the unorthodox routes you can take. So I think the key thing here is what, what Tim has explained to us in his journey with how he felt about education and when he dropped out and the different jobs that he went. I don't think I've ever felt like that in any part of my education journey. So I think it is depending on on what you who you are as a person, and I think um, Tim quickly realised that it wasn't that wasn't the route for him. So he kind of knew that right. I need to look for different avenues, and that's where the journey began. But I don't think I ever felt like that. Uh, the only the only thing, um, even though we say universities like Tim, I've always I've always said that I, I think that the university is a flawed system. I don't think that is set up in a, in the right way in the sense that. The only thing I would do different, and we were talking about this in one of the previous, I think it's the one that you listened to maybe, about taking those gap years and having some time out before you do go, go down the university route. Because my only thing was making sure you're doing the right degrees. I think there's too many degrees that are just there that don't really give you much benefit in terms of the working world. And I think there needs to be some sort of responsibility from the government, whoever sets it up, that degrees should be set up in a way where there's like more or less guaranteed jobs out in it and not getting people to get degrees for the sake of getting degrees and then having to maybe find a different route. I think that's that's where the system really fails. 
uh, or it needs to be looked at. But yeah, go on, Joe. Well, that that's interesting because I actually spoke to a student about this the other day. They asked me about um, they asked me whether I should whether they should do a masters, and I said, you know, yes, I think a masters at university or once you finish university is, is a good thing to do once you've got your degree. I did a master's and I did it later. So I did it while I was teaching it out in a, like in my second year in Malaysia and I did it while I was teaching and I found it really difficult. I also found it not necessarily difficult in the content, but I had to remind myself how to write an essay again and how to uh, reference and all of those things, which, you know, I mean, Tim, you'll, you'll understand this as well. Like when you've been out of education for so long, even at university, when I, I had to do like my maths QTS skills test, I had to remind myself how to do basic mathematics. Like, you know, I just hadn't done it in so long. So I said to him, yes, you should. And the reason I said yes is the point that you just made there, Madge, is we're going for a time right now where degrees are now the equivalent or they seem to be moving into the same equivalence as like GCSEs. So I'm sure, Tim, when your granddad was growing up, you know, to have GCSEs or finish school in that era was like quite a big thing. And then as we go through generations now, finishing school is the norm, then going to university is the norm. And now it's like you go to university, you get two degrees or you get a degree and a master's and even then we go back to your point Madge about you know um, not having a job so I wonder whether the question to you then Madge is you know how has the degree helped you and would uh, and would you continue going down the route of education would you do a master's um, and would it would it benefit you in your role now disappointed in you I thought we were meant to be mates. I've already got my masters. Um, that's exactly what I was going to talk oh, yeah. about. Actually, I was going uh, to. Yeah. Uh, uh, is that um, I did my degree, and um, I felt yeah. Obviously, in the situation that I'm in, in terms of teaching, you have to have a degree and you have to have a teaching cert, right? So for both of those, like the only way I can justify that that degree was useful to me is the fact that I became a PE teacher, and I didn't know that at the time, right? I kind of wanted to go down the sports science route, but I only really wanted to go down the sports science route because it's like that passion of be still being involved in sport and then being in a job that's that's going to pay well and give that stability. But it wasn't really like that was what I wanted to do. I just try to keep my options open as much as I can. And I got into teaching basically through when I was a teaching assistant and I enjoyed my teaching through there and interacting with kids. So then that, that's when it became a passion. After that, teaching became a passion was that right? for me to teach, I need to have my qualification. I then did my master's only because I had this scholarship opportunity to move abroad to Malaysia and work at school and get my master's part-time at the same time. But at no point did I want to do it. I, I, I was kind of, I remember when I finished at 21 and my dad was like, get a master's, get a master's. And I was like, no, I've had enough of education. I've been in education for what nearly 20 years of my life. Kind of want a break. And I didn't really want to do this master's, but it was just attached to the job. And even then now what, 10 years later, I don't see how masters has had a benefit to me at all, um, apart from maybe a little bit of an increase in salary. Um, maybe it might have a benefit later on, but up to this point, it hasn't. So I only, I even looked at looking at trying to do go to that job without having my masters, but they wouldn't even allow me to have done that. So like Joe, I wanted to ask you as well, like um, I feel like you, you, gone into teaching and it's interesting because we were talking about um, the influences that we have and I know you said that both your parents had degrees and, and went into academia well that's my first question is do you think that had an influence of you going into university from there and why was that was it because of what you saw or is that what was kind of encouraged or was that just, did that just feel normal and then my second question is a little bit more different in the sense that I always feel that you, you like how Tim has got into his self-business, I feel like that's something that you've always wanted to do. Or maybe something that you, I don't know, hoped you have done before or maybe something that you might do later on because you've talked about ideas before. What is it that appeals to you from that side compared to 
like no standing academics. So I think the first one, my mum and dad never really encouraged me or, you know, pushed me towards university. I think they were happy to see me kind of, you know, um, kind of follow whatever, whatever I kind of wanted. But I think for me, I quite early on felt like I wanted to be a PE teacher and then spoke to, you know, people like Mr. Connolly and people like that and was like, oh, I need to go to university. Um, and and then I think they just supported me in that. I think I think that's one thing I will say about my parents is they they support me with any decision. They don't encourage me to do anything, and I think that's really important as maybe as parents or something. I think the the second one is I I really admire Tim for what he's done, and I'm always a little bit jealous in terms of bit just being your own boss. You know, being able to set your own set your own day, set your own work ethic. You know, I, I do feel like I have a pretty good work ethic and I feel like I work really hard. And there are those odd occasions in any job, but in, in education as well, where you like, you could try and figure out like, you know, um, am I, am I making an impact? You know, because there aren't always occasions where you kind of can see you having an impact. Whereas, like, when Tim produces something, however long it takes him, he sees, like, a final product. And I think I like the idea of seeing a final product. Um, and I think that's why I like my role at the minute, because I, I'm able to produce things, um, document uh, curriculum changes, things that, you know, you can kind of see the progress and the, the difference or the impact it's happened. So, yeah, I think <clears throat> I'm, like, I'm a little bit like Tim in the sense of I'm open to finding that little bit of luck at some point, you know, eventually will it happen? Um, you know, will it happen that I end up playing golf with some multimillionaire who wants to set up a school? And then he says, Oh, do you want to be the head teacher? And I say, yeah. And then he says, go and employ all your friends and set up a school. And that would be great. Or, do I play golf with a multimillionaire? And he says, oh, I want to invest in like you. You've got some really good ideas. And then, you know, that's the startup. I mean, that's the luck, isn't it? That's the dream. So, Tim, question for you to help Joe out a little bit. I think I've heard like loads of business ideas from Joe uh, about things that he wants to do. But the way he thinks is he kind of looks for things that he's passionate about. Definitely, it's, it's what 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 he's passionate about but he also looks at the practicality of it um and also um what's the word he, that goes against the risk so i, I want to kind of want you to share like um some advice to people as well like if they if you are wanting to go down and set up your own business what are some of the key things that you need to take into account yeah, I, I know Joe's always had a, a great work ethic, so I've, I've got no doubt if he wanted to do his own thing, he would he would find it. It's just a matter of time, really. Um, but it's um, yeah, it's sorry. Can you just repeat the question again? I sort of lost my train of thought a little bit there. Oh, he screwed me as well. <laughs> I was going to say like Joe's Joe's had like lots of ideas of like trying to. Things that he would like, kind of think, oh, this would be a good idea to set up a business, or I want to set up this business, and they are really good ideas. But then, obviously, there's there's something that holds him back. So I'm just wondering, like, as general advice from your experience, what would you advise to people who are thinking about maybe going down that route? What are some of the things that you need to consider? Well, firstly, no risk, no reward. If you don't put yourself out there and try it, you're never going to get anywhere. Um, my sort of the best bit of advice I was ever given was run your own race and you know you can't you can't compare yourself to other people other businesses how quickly they grow how much money they're making what they're doing on a personal and professional level you've got to just stay in your lane and run your own race and see your accomplishments for what they are and how far you've come rather than comparing it to other people which I did at the start and it took me a while to get out of that mindset of sort of just standing back and going done pretty well here and that that really helps just mentality um just to keep progressing rather than feel like you're always chasing something that might be a bit more unrealistic 
definitely run your own race and you've, you've got to be resilient like there's there's pros and cons to working for yourself a massive pro is like what joe was saying about you work for yourself so you you can you can manage your own hours you can put in the effort you want but the con is you work for yourself if you don't work you don't earn any money if if something goes wrong you're fully accountable people want to chase stuff up 24 7 you know sunday saturday sundays it's not just a you know it's a, it's a big commitment and i think that's the side of it that a lot of people don't see when you start your own business they see you sort of escalating and they see the bits on social media and me making all these nice things and think oh tim's doing really well but you don't you don't see all the stress and all the nitty-gritty that goes in behind the scenes so um yeah you've got to be resilient and you've got to be willing to take the risk first off and that might not be you might not have the you know the resources in place to do that so you have to build that up like i quit my job impulsively if i didn't have the backup behind me financially and sort of the parents and the farm i knew i could always go and work there if i needed to but if you don't have that it might be too much of a risk for you to do it so you've got to get the structure and a plan in place to take that risk as well so as um like in your journey has there been points where you've doubted yourself and the second question is also like at what point in your business i don't know how long you've been doing it actually but at what point did you realize that you were being successful whatever successful means to you but obviously i'm sure that didn't happen straight away and i'm sure that took time so at what point did you feel like you were starting to make progress yeah i, I still doubt myself now i still get a bit of imposter syndrome um sort of feel like because because i didn't go down the conventional route of sort of doing a carpentry degree and cabinetry courses and all that i do feel like it's almost like a confidence thing like if i'm speaking to someone about what i do i'm I can sell myself so so well, but as soon as I feel like a slight little negative thought, I almost like backtrack and go in into myself and feel like I'm I'm going to get found out. But I've been doing this for like four years now. I I, I clearly got a portfolio behind me, which sort of shows my work and that. But I still almost get this imposter syndrome and doubt myself. That's just I think that's just human nature, isn't it? Um, but in terms of you know my success, I never really set myself any goals. I ju I just wanted to be happy in what I did. And um, I always knew being my own boss would, would be a big part of that. Um, the financial stuff, because I was, was, you know, obviously I wanted to do well and make money, but that was never the main goal. It was always just being sort of, just like I say, happy in myself. Um, so that was, my, that was my way of sort of, you know, determining how successful I was. So, um, yeah. Go on, Joe. I think that's uh, that last point you make there is in terms of the, I can't remember who it was. I, I I just listened to something the other day and it was like a guy was talking about all the different business ventures he owns, but the one actually that he went into, oh, it was actually it was Conor McGregor. He bought the pub. The pub that he recently bought was a pub that he used to go to, you know, as a young lad. And he bought it and turned it into his pub. And he and he didn't have the mindset to make money on it. He said, like, you know, I was already making loads of money in all my other ventures. I just wanted a place where I could come, drink, bring my family and feel totally safe. He says, now it's probably the most profitable of all of my ventures. And it's interesting that you say that to him. It's like you, you didn't go in with like a, I've got to make this amount of money. I've got to do this. You know, obviously there's overheads to cover, but it wasn't like I'm going to become a millionaire. It's just like, you know, from passion and from enjoyment and then it growing naturally and, and fairly organically um, that it's ended up becoming a life, you know, an actual, a full-time, fully-fledged business, which by no means are you an imposter. You're absolutely killing it. So, um, Thanks, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I picked up on some as well. Some some that you said to uh, Tim, like you didn't take your degrees and your carpentry courses, um, but you feel like an imposter because you you're in the business where other people have. But I think that's what makes you unique. Like you call it bespoke furniture for a reason, right? Whatever you create is your angle on it. So when you talked about before, like going into universities and becoming an employer and employee, you're basically kind of like a factory of just everyone comes out the exact same way, but. And it's the same, like if you were to go into carpentry courses and do your degrees and stuff, you would, everyone's furniture would look exactly the same. But because you haven't and you've had all these unique experiences, 
um, and the fact that you're creating it yourself through learning from videos, but obviously you've got your own creativity there. That's what makes you unique in terms of what you sell. So definitely. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Like it's it's interesting that now now I've got to where I am and I'm a lot more established. Like I get people that have been through that route coming and asking me for advice and asking me how to make things and asking for my input on it. And I think, well, you know, what what like you say, they all come out of college the same, learning the same stuff, a lot of health and safety. So I don't regret not doing it, but I almost like underneath feel like I, I should have. But as as you say, it's not necessarily the the right or wrong thing to or route to take. What so what what's what's next for you then? So how do you keep when you're self-employed? How do you keep things interested? Like you you said there, like one thing I really like what you said was that you did it what made you happy. So there was no like obviously you needed finance to make sure you're living, but there was never a financial goal. I, I love that what you said there. So it was like you, you you're trying to keep yourself happy, but obviously a part of happiness is making sure that you don't get bored and you keep challenging yourself. So in terms of like you growing as a business, like what what are there goals that you have set? And maybe there are financial goals, or maybe you want to might open up a two three offices around the country and maybe share. I don't know what 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 is, what's going to be deemed successful for you later, and how do you keep evolving to make sure you stay happy? Yeah, um, my my goal now is to get it to be a, a you know a self sufficient business so it can run without me, um, so that I can get off into the sunset and play golf with Joe and all his millionaire friends. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, I just want to. Um, I, I've sort of built it at my own pace. Like I say, I, I've. I've got to where I am through taking my time, not over, over trying to over expand. I see you see a lot of that happen with businesses. People try and get too big too quick, but I say I've been been happy with the progress and sort of been able to step back and see where I'm going. And my next stage is like touching it earlier is hopefully to get an apprentice or someone in working just to help ease the workload and be able to delegate a bit more. I've got the PA who I can delegate the admin to. So the next stage would be get someone else in to then delegate a bit more. And then that would just leave me doing like the design work and then eventually delegate the design work. And I'm just sort of overseeing it all. And then I, before you know it, you've got a fully a fully running business without me really having to do much. And I've built it all myself through, you know, at, at different stages. I have another question to ask as well. Like, you know, the business side of it, so you're, you're very much a hands-on person. That's where your strengths are. The business side from someone looking from the outside is the academic side that you probably need to have a little bit of knowledge to run the business side. How are you dealing with that? I mean, are you are you learning as you're going along? Are you making your mistakes and just kind of evolving or watching YouTube videos? Or are you kind of outsourcing that to to the professionals who are who are the educated ones? The ironic thing is, I um, when I was at, when I done my AS levels, one of them was business. There's business and three others, but I wanted to just do three, so I had more free periods, so I could doss about with my mates. And I actually dropped business studies and kept the other three. And business is probably the only one I wish I'd have, you know, yeah. learned. It's probably one of the most broad skills that can take you far in life. So I, I have had to learn the hard way in in all areas of running a business. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes, but again, back to building a good network around you and having having skilled and talented people. One of my best mates is an accountant. He owns two, like two accountancy firms and he's very, very good at what he does. And I'm lucky to have him guide me and tell me what I need to do. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know, a lot, if you don't know someone, you're going to have to pay for it for a good accountant, but that takes you so, gets you so far and avoid so much potential, you know, mishaps. So yeah, definitely surround yourself with the right people. And I think as well, like you, you can't ever, you can't ever feel bad for like outsourcing those things because also you get to a point where you can't do all of that anyway, because you know, and you've touched on it a bit today. If you try to do absolutely everything, you're probably going to end up doing a lot of things poorly anyway, um, and you're going to get more mistakes. So if you are spending um, tons and tons of hours putting in all your taxes and all of your finance stuff then you might mess up on the other things so outsourcing is is part of it and part of uh part of running a business but no timo um i can't finish off there tim i was just gonna say i've got a question obviously i probably 
if I was to say a regret coming through the education system was dropping business studies, do you two have any regrets or would you have done anything differently to get? Yeah, actually, I was when you said that, there was someone that came up to me because it was strange. One part of my unit, one of the units in there, uh, uh, didn't do my sports science degree was psychology. And I hated it. I don't know what it was I hated about it. Maybe it was just like the boring finding about all these old philosophers and their psych, you know, these psychologists and their different theories. Or it might have been the person who led it. I can't even remember who led it, but uh, that says something, doesn't it? But one, what's what's happened is as I've got older, I've got really interested in psychology. Like I'm really interested in sports psychology. I'm also really interested, like I have an interest in people, like behavioral psychology as well. And in my role as well as a pastoral leader, I work a lot with students and I'm offering like that kind of psycho psychology support. But that only came way after. I would say that came like in the past five, five, four or five years. It didn't come at that time. Um, I think that is it. Like in, in that, that sense, um, I think the other thing I mentioned before, I think and it's not so much a regret, but it was what it was in that situation. But I think if I look back again, I think I would have thought a little bit more a little bit about what degree I was going to do. Um, but to be honest, I'm really happy where I am. So like, oh, everything was meant to happen as it is, and, and that's fine. But I just think knowing what I know now, which you never know when, when you're younger, I think I would have looked, yeah, done, taken some time out and also looked at other other avenues as well. I think that's what I would have done, take my, taken my time. I don't, I don't know whether I have any regrets with things because I'm trying to think to like, who our teachers were, Tim, because me and Tim went to the same school <coughs> match and I'm trying to think of like, like would I have done business at our school? And I can't remember who used to teach business, but like I did resistant materials and I got an A star and I really enjoyed doing like wood tech, you know, and, and that's a, one of those random skills where whether it will come up eventually to help me or not, whether I get into the furniture business or Take not, I'm not job. sure, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I think for me, it, it probably would have been something related to uh, business and economics. I would have just been, I feel like there are some occasions where I'd like to know more about the financial systems and structures that are in place. But no, I think I think the steps I've taken and the things I've done, I, I probably have made the right ones. I probably would have done a master's straight after school, but um, that was that was about it really. But you, you definitely have now, Joe, you definitely now have more of an interest in the finance and the business. Has that also come later on in life as well? Or was that, was that all as there? No, I, I've always loved money. Oh, yeah. I've always loved, like, spending <laughs> money and, yeah, and selling stuff. Um, so, Tim, yeah, another question. I've always... I've, uh, there was, he, he said he never had regrets, but on one of the podcasts he said he, he, there's one regret that he had with money. And you can you can vouch for this story, but apparently he bought some jeans that were three hundred fifty quid. Uh, no lies in that sentence, I'm afraid. At the, at the place that you two worked worked together, can you remember those jeans and were they worth the money? They were honking, weren't they, as well? But I think you got fifty percent off, didn't you, Joe? So yeah, <laughs> they were those. The ones I was talking about were those true religion ones with the Buddha on the back. Yeah. Ugh. And can you remember there was there was only four of them, and I think. Uh, uh, one of the nightclub owners had it, I won't mention names, and then there was like two other two other Norwich players and then me. I genuinely thought I was like, you know, literally on the on top of the world walking into uh walking down the street with those on, yeah. But anyway. Some regrets. No real regrets. That was that was a good a good fun time. Um, Tim, thank you so much for coming on today. Based based on the question um, that we asked at the start, should we be encouraging young people to chase their passion? Has anything, has your view or any opinions changed since you since we first asked it at the start? Um, not really. I'd always say follow your passion, no matter how how big or how vague it may be. You know, you like you can take it as far as you want. You know, you can monetize most things nowadays. Um, so. It, even if it is very a very small sort of vague thing, then you can still take that through the university route and you know do more broader subject areas that will help you do that. So, I, I, you know, that's maybe opened my eyes a little bit more after speaking to you two, knowing sort of how how many transferable skills you can get and sort of take on into later life. But yeah, it's pretty much still the same view on it. Match any any views on today? 
Um, not so much change, but something that I like to add. Like I would, if I'm if looking at myself, um, I'd say like Tim's stories. Like I would say the what's the word like the. Uh, if I was to do that, I think if I was to go down that route, it would have to be in the, if I was in a situation that forced me to do it. A little bit like how Tim got into it as well. But I think if I was in that situation, I don't think knowing who I am, I don't think I would have gone in deep, deep end. I would have probably, and some a lot of people have said this, like, I don't know who they are, but like in terms of like podcasts I've listened to have said that if you want to try start something and you feel a little bit cautious, like do it as a side hustle until you get to the stage where you feel comfortable to kind of start it by yourself and I think I would have definitely done that if the situation was there I would have probably got a full-time job or a part-time job to have some finance and then find that passion and start up something um I think that like you said that work ethic is important but obviously you gotta gotta be prepared and 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 learn from it but I think the other thing is as well we talk about the system I think what would help with the system is having people like Tim and more people who are self-employed and are successful getting them into schools and and having those conversations with kids before they actually go into college and university i think that's a big thing i think when you do things like that that's when you'll see a bigger change usually you don't get to see people you don't hear stories and schools won't encourage that as well would they because that's just going mm. against going against what they've trying to be building up for many years yeah exactly I think for me, the the big thing that I would just take away from this is the importance of like developing a work ethic. Because I think whether you go self-employed, whether you go down the degree route, whether you go into doing a master's and a PhD and all of the above, like it just comes down to like what your work ethic is and those those other skills that we're trying to teach. You know, we're trying to teach in school, Madge, you know, that hidden curriculum stuff, but also just the general like, your character you know just like developing a bit of resilience like when when things are a bit a little bit rubbish or when things aren't going your way that you're not just going to give up um and take the easy option and i think that work ethic is you know where tim saw success um in his work ethic because he just he didn't give up and he kind of tried a few different things and eventually then he kind of stumbled upon it but it only worked because he had the work ethic like if he didn't have that high-level work ethic, then he would have made one bench. And when somebody said, oh, can you make something for me? He would have said, yeah, all right, maybe later. And and then it wouldn't have progressed to where it is right now. So, um, you know, I think that's kind of what we've got to teach people and then encourage them whatever avenue they want to go down. Quick question for you both as teachers. Do you see a lack of work ethic in younger people? Obviously, there's all these these TikTok stars and these social media moguls making a lot of money for what people think is not doing a lot. Do you think that's affecting people's mentality these days? It's certainly in the younger generations. I think, I think where we are in the world, I think where we are in the world, our kids, majority of our kids, 95% or, or higher, their work ethic is, is through the roof. Um, a lot of the, a lot of our kids are going to school and doing extra tuition, um, because they understand that when they when they travel and go to Australia, UK or America, their qualifications only say one thing and they, they're trying to do even more and more GCSEs and that. So I think the work ethic for a lot of our kids is extremely high. In the UK, I, you know, I couldn't really comment too much on it, but I mean, in Durham, it was, it was the, uh, the work ethic wasn't, hugely but they just they weren't very aspirational a lot of the kids in Durham you know and that that's just that's part of being in a small town and, and you know that more than anybody like that small town kind of brain sometimes that people have people you surround yourself with isn't it I think that's what it all comes I think, down but to but what's interesting is a situation as well like our kids are really privileged I think a part of being successful as self-employed you, the, the amount of stories that you hear about people who have been self-employed or even like successful athletes have all come from majority of people have come from really tough backgrounds or really tough situations and that is what's forcing them to make it or break it you know sort of thing um and i think that's not anyone's fault like in terms of them being privileged but i think that will be a big part in later on but then on the other hand they've got 
they've got financial backing and they've got things that will or the, in the a status in the community where setting up a business or setting up something would be a little bit easier to do than someone who, who doesn't have that you know we're going to finish with some quick fire questions and these have to be super quick and one of them you've already given so it would be it's going to be even even quicker i'm sure um <laughs> What's your favourite place of all places that you've travelled to and why? Italy. Um, most beautiful place, scenic-wise. A lot of pizza and a lot of wine. That's me sold. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Uh, run your own race, yeah. And then final question for me is, tell us one thing that is still on your bucket list. Uh personally i'd say to travel more um now i've got a business in place hopefully I'll, I'll, you know financially it will allow me to do that uh and on a business level is to have a you know self-sufficient business where i don't have to do as much as what i'm currently doing i'm uh, starting to get gray hairs and i'm not liking it <laughs> i love it cheers tim thank you so much for um coming on and chatting to us today and, and being honest and and it's been awesome. Thanks so much. No, thanks for having me. Cheers, boys. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. Nice to meet you as well, mate. And you. Cheers, right, buddy. Take care, See, you See you later. See you later. Bye-bye. See ya. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Share it with someone if you think they might enjoy it or if they might learn something new. If you have any comments or would like to join us on an episode, Email us at youchattoomuch at gmail.com.